0: accio controversial opinions we're talking harry potter and the sorcerer's stone on today's we're not affiliated with netflix Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids. So turn this off and take a dump in the world's most dangerous bathroom. Uh my guest today, uh, she's a comedian. Uh, you can see her and myself next Friday uh, uh online for the sexual FOMO show. You'll she'll explain it more later. It's Sam Capp. Hi, Sam.
1: Hey, Ross. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for being here um we rescheduled this 3 times because uh i my computer kept dying and my mental energy kept depleting uh, <laughs> boy so uh, we're talking about like i'm very surprised that this movie has not come up yet like this is episode i think 137 And we're talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or if you're in any other country in the universe besides the U.S., Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, So, uh, Sam, tell me about, like, your relationship with either this movie or uh, the Harry Potter franchise as a whole.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of avoided it as a kid. I think I sort of, like, read the first book, watched the first movie when I was really young when it came out, um, about 20, 10, 20 years ago, I guess it was, 2000. I said 10 because I'm old and now time is like grooving really fast. And I don't know how to, <laughs> how to catch up with it. Um, but yeah, I guess like 20 years ago. And so I was always one of those people who like thought I was way too cool for Harry Potter. Like I was like, no, 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 I'm too cool for that shit. Um, so now that I've been in quarantine, I'm like, what am I going to do with my time? I have all this time. So I've been watching all these different things that I haven't watched before. And I decided to try Harry Potter. So I rented it. And of course I fell in love with the first movie. <laughs> so I watched all eight of them, like really quickly within a couple of weeks. Um, but as I was watching the first movie, the biggest thing I reflected on was that I don't think that I was actually too cool for Harry Potter. I think I was afraid of Harry Potter. <laughs> it's well, terrifying. Like it.
0: So, um, so I, w- I watched this with my roommate and my boyfriend the other night and, um, it, it, there are little parts of it that I forgot were really just creepy to me. Like, um, I joked about it in the in the opening uh, that I just did. But, like, the scene in the bathroom with the troll, I forgot how much I hated that scene. Like, so the, this movie came out in November of 2001. And, like, all of the graphics and everything looked so good back then. And the troll grossed me. Like, I didn't think it was funny with the, the wand up its nose. Uh, it was so, it was so gross and disgusting. And like, similarly later when Ron gets drooled on by Fluffy, I hated that. Like this was, this was like a, I f- forgot that this was a gross movie, but, yeah. but you're telling me, so you, the, so the past couple weeks, y- this was your first time seeing like all the movies again. Like you saw the first one you said, but
1: yeah, this is wow. my first time watching the whole, um, Harry Potter series. And it was really interesting to watch it like all in one, you know, kind of period of time and also as an adult and then think back on like what was happening at my time in my in my life during that time. um, And like, why was I avoiding it? You know, all my friends were watching it. Everyone like my age, your age, like loves it. Right. It
0: It was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, to an extent, it still is like there's theme parks around it.
1: I mean, right, like I started posting these statuses on my Facebook about how I was watching Harry Potter for the first time. And people who have never spoken to me were like reaching out to me, talking to me about their experience with Harry Potter. Um, And also doing that weird culty thing that everyone who loves Harry Potter does where they're like, you have to read the books. I'm like,
0: I was going to ask you if you if you read the books.
1: Are, like, are are they okay, though? Like, are they being held hostage? Like, is there... Does J.K. Rowling, like, have a... Like, what's happening, you know? So them all
0: i I found out while doing a little bit of research and talking to my boyfriend, who is a, a big fan of the books. He read them all. Classic story of person obsessed with Harry Potter. And the first two movies uh, are very faithful to the book. But then, as the movies go on... And they're trying to do like one big story. They obviously have to cut out stuff. Like in, I believe, Goblet of Fire uh, or Prisoner of Azkaban, apologies, please don't yell at me. There's this whole side story where Hermione is trying to unionize the house elves. So like,
1: because
0: when the food magically appears on the table, that's apparently the elves like running super quickly and setting it all up. And so there was this whole thing, and that didn't really happen. I guess the only time you really see that is with Dobby.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to like. I remember. Um, I remember the Dobby character. I guess I must have read the beginning of the second book with my mom. I, if that's when that character was was brought in. Yes. Um, my, I say my mom because I was I was young, right? Like I, I don't know. I wasn't reading. I guess other kids my age were reading big ass books on their own like that, but I was not. Um, and still to this day, which is why I'm watching a movie. But I, you know, I feel like I was like disturbed by their treatment of the elves and of the other like magical creatures, like the animals and the goblins who run the bank and all that stuff. And then people who like the series book or movie were telling me that I should watch Fantastic Beasts, which is.
0: Okay, I disagree. So I watched. Okay, break down. I watched the first one. I haven't seen the second one, but I watched the first one and I thought it was, to sound British, dreadfully boring. Um, I don't I don't remember anything that happens, but I remember being like, eh, that was kind of dumb. Interesting. <laughs> Cause also the the book, quote unquote, that it's based on, it's like it's a short book. It's like I believe it's uh it was originally a book within the Harry Potter series, like it was like referenced. And then J.K. Rowling wrote, like, a short book and released it. And now they're trying to build another franchise off of it. And, like, it's fine. Like, it's interesting in a way to see, like, the American wizardry. So that's kind of cool if you want to see that. But other than that, and there's, like, a funny guy with a mustache in Fantastic Beasts. But other than that, uh, personally, I feel like you and I are going to say very hot takes. That if you're a Harry Potter fan listening to this, uh, it's going to bother you to your core you're going to be like what because the the next thing i was going to bring up is like just yeah the harry potter fandom is just so intense like so i feel like you and i are both kind of on the outside of the harry potter fandom like i do enjoy i've seen all the movies i know enough about them i did the fucking Pottermore test i'm a fan (laughs) speaking of which have you have you taken the house test
1: I didn't take the house test. However, I posted on my Facebook, what does everyone think that I would be? And like every single person, and again, people who like know me well, but also people who really don't know me all posted the same thing. They all said that I'd be in Hufflepuff because apparently they're the low key stoner household. Do you know this rumor?
0: Oh, I have not heard this. I know that like Hufflepuff is like, I think it's like, it's it's the more creative one. I believe I'm in Ravenclaw.
1: Okay. Which oh, I that's
0: sad. I don't know what that means.
1: It's like the one that like no one cares about. It's like the fourth Beetle. It's like Ringo Star. Like no one remembers Ravenclaw. Cool. Paul. I'm
0: the octopus's garden of the Harry Potter series.
1: I love Ringo.
0: <laughs> I like Ringo.
1: Yeah. I like <laughs> yeah, him. Everyone, <laughs> everyone told me I'd be in Hufflepuff. Um. Apparently, I think they're, they're I could be wrong, but I think they're, color is green and they're like maybe they're not green no but Slytherin,
0: Slytherin is the green one I believe okay. Hufflepuff is yellow
1: okay it's like bad weed but they're they're <laughs> old and dry um I guess there it's something the rumor is that their house is like next to the kitchen <laughs> that's like one of the reasons why it's so goofy but also it's just what every like every person told me that but yeah
0: yeah, it it also I also found this uh apparently J.K. Rowling came up with the names for the four houses just like on a plane. Like say what you will about that J.K. Rowling and how she's like kind of a shitty person, but like uh I mean she she is prolific and learned so much Latin for this fucking series. Yeah, that's
1: true. And,
0: and one thing that's really admirable is pretty much when uh I forget which studio, I think Warner Brothers, uh, when they decided that they were going to adapt the Harry Potter books, they were like, okay, we're committing to all of them because uh, they were worried that child actors would age too quickly. They actually wanted these movies to be animated so that that wouldn't be as much of an issue. But like, they just filmed these back to back to back. And like, I mean, you watch them in all in quick succession. You could see uh, they're, they're not so graceful aging uh, halfway through the franchise.
1: Yeah, that's true. Their voices start to crack, and it's kind of adorable, though. Like, I wish I would have watched it when I was. I was the same age as Harry Potter. We were the same age, you know? Like, why didn't I watch, like, this coming of age? Like, all my friends were, like, watching Harry Potter, and I thought I was too cool, so I was, like, cutting school and, like, smoking. You know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah
0: did you well, did you have like your book series or your franchise that you loved as a kid in place of Harry Potter?,
1: uh, yeah, I guess i I wasn't a big reader. Okay, don't hate me, everyone I- in the world. a. I'm not a big reader. I wear reading glasses. I didn't know it until I was a teenager. So I probably needed them my whole youth, but nobody knew. So oh, well, that,
0: ex- that kind of excuse it. Like if you were just like, oh, I guess I hate reading versus, oh, I can't read.
1: Like I would get headaches and I would like cry. And my oh. parents were kind of like like dumb sometimes, did see, I don't know. And they just like didn't realize that a little kid could need reading glasses. It's a rare eye condition, which is why. So Anyway, but also and then, you're
0: Jewish. So like you needing reading glasses at like age nine, that checks out. It makes
1: sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like 2% of people who have this eye condition, it's all Jews, right? Yeah. It's all the Jews <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, but yes, like I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge reader and I sort of never really got into the habit of it because I, you know, I lost it when I was a kid for like so many years. Mm-hmm. Um Which is also why all the people who are like, read the book, read the book, they cut stuff out for the movie. I'm like, yeah, I know they cut stuff out for the movie. Like, I can't sit down long enough to read a book, let alone watch a movie even. Um, (laughs) Like, I want that stuff cut out. Exactly. Um, And
0: I, like, I get it that, you know, like, there are, when you have a book, there's so many interesting side notes you can go on and different things you could discuss. But, like, the... This movie was so long. It was two and a... I did not realize... I think... Uh, if I remember, Gate, this is the second longest movie that we watched for kid flicks. <laughs> longest being the three-hour Anne of Green Gables movie. Which, <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, like, this is a long movie. Like, they told a full story. G- you're good.
1: <laughs> right. Like, what else do we need? Like, I get it. And also, I, I always laugh when people are hype on the books as opposed to the movies because it's like... Sure, read the books, but also let's enjoy the movies. You know, why do we have to compare them? Why can't we just enjoy them both for what they are? You know, enjoy the movie for what it is, and enjoy the books for what they are.
0: Exactly. Like, um, I get like if this wasn't the nearly to the same level, but like for four years when Hunger Games stuff was huge, like I read all the books and saw. I actually didn't finish seeing the movies. Oops, but like, they were both fine. Like, who cares? Did you like right. Hunger Games? <laughs>
1: No, I didn't. Uh, um, I maybe watched one of them. I wasn't a hater. Good. I wasn't a hater. I just, I never got into it. I think there was a period of my life where I was afraid to admit that I liked sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Um, yeah,
0: I get that. Like, my, yeah. my dad is a huge sci-fi fan. Like, okay, he is such a sci-fi fan, he refers to sci-fi as SF.
1: Cute. Wow. He
0: sub- oh, He subscribes to asimov magazine which is the magazine for sci-fi nerds so like i love
1: that isaac asimov that's fantastic i yeah, love that
0: he's <laughs> i guess he's good my dad yeah like i'm not i'm not as huge of a nerd as my dad i forget the point i was making besides that my dad is a nerd <laughs> oh yeah uh science fiction yeah um i think like it seems like the dorkiest thing because you hear either like star, science fiction you think star trek you really just think star trek and you think well i don't like that but now Sci-fi is so sexy. Like, it's all, like, 19-year-olds that are, like, making out on a space station and then they also have to save Earth from, like... Did you
1: just describe the 100?
0: Is that the 100? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just described the 100.
0: <laughs> I'll take it. I, I've never seen Lost in Space, but I assume that that's what it Lost in Space is. Or, like, eventually <laughs> when the Archie gang goes to, like, space for some reason. <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. No, you're 100% right. It is like sci-fi is it's kind of like uh being a nerd is cool again, right? So they're making it it's more exciting and it's more pl- pleasurable for a big audience and there's more budget behind it, so there's better production for these big sci-fi and fantasy um shows and movies.
0: Yeah, they're kind I feel like a lot of science fiction now that like gets popular on Netflix or in the uh, in the movie theater is like that thi- like that thing in like high school when the coolest kids in school would also call themselves nerds but it was because like they read they looked at a comic book once like that's kind of the vibe that i get from <laughs> science fiction these days
1: yeah i get that it feels a little like um sometimes when it's made for the masses so like i never watched game of thrones right and yeah people are they freak out when they hear that but my no thing one is, has ever
0: suggested with uh, Game of Thrones, so you got to read the book. They're like, the books suck. <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> that's good. I'm sick of people telling me to read a goddamn book, okay? Let's and see. also
0: a series of books. The longest books that are so indulgent for the right. creator.
1: <laughs> right. And also, like, why are you trying to convince me to change my entire lifestyle? Because you enjoyed a book one time. I get it. Books are great. I've I've read before. I understand. I'm I'm a smart woman. But you know, I'm You're a heard very it impatient. Here
0: first. Sam is a smart woman. <laughs> yeah i I have like uh I I just bought a Kindle uh, in like November, and so this is like the most I've read in the past six months than I have like in the past like nine years combined. That's and it's great. like. But uh, it has this feature where it it tells you how long you have left in a chapter and in the book itself. So that's the that's like one of the only ways that I can stay invested. I'm like, well, I gotta I gotta like hit this percentage point or else, and then I trick myself into enjoying reading.
1: <laughs> that's like the most Jewish thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like you guilted yourself. You like made yourself do a task that was smart. Like oy vey.
0: <laughs> yeah, except. Uh, like, I'm not reading anything too highbrow. Like, I, I'll i read classics eventually, but now I just want to read indulgent. I ju- I'm just reading Eric Thomas's uh memoir, and it's fantastic.
1: Oh, great,
0: yeah. Um, can we also talk about in this movie how terrible the CGI is? Yes, so so like, <laughs> I <laughs> like early on in the movie uh, like 5 minutes in when they're at the zoo and the snake comes and it comes to life i was like oh that looks good and then the rest of the movie i just kept saying never mind like <laughs> i didn't realize like it's it's cuz i don't think i've i've really rewatched this since i was a kid like sure i rewatched it a couple times from childhood but not in the past like 10 years easy and the quidditch matches or anything involving flying. I didn't realize, you can go watch clips. It's just like The Sims. It's awful. There's no shadows. <laughs> and they're so confident. Like you get, they do close up shots of these like rag doll figures and they're just dead in the face. <laughs> like they look like real dolls. It's it's no fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was. In, it's always interesting I think to watch something from that long ago, 20 years ago, and see the CGI, and then to see what we do today, I think, you know, I feel like I don't often appreciate CGI for what it is, you know, like the, the people hours behind how long it takes them to do that work, you know, frame by frame, it's sure. so, so much work. And then just to see, yeah, to see how far they've come and to think, oh, I see why it's expensive now, because that's. That's the inexpensive way yeah. to do it.
0: But also that was state of the art. Like this movie cost $125 million.
1: Oh my gosh. And
0: they, that's that's what they could do.
1: <laughs> right. And that's like, oh, that's the best that they could do. It is. It's really sad. Um, yeah. It's so interesting to see how far we've come. And you see the development in those movies too. So I watched it like all the way through. And by the end, so that was only like 10, I don't know, 12 years ago maybe. So it was like so much better, so much more high quality, um, and like crisper and cleaner frames, and
0: yeah, and also like everybody realized like oh, this is going to be like one of the biggest franchises ever. Like, arguably, Harry Potter is bigger than Star Wars. Wow i I don't think that's insane to
1: say. No, I don't think so.
0: Like, I think maybe Star Wars is more iconic. And like it, it spans decades and decades and all this different lore and stuff. But like, I mean, generationally, Harry Potter just kind of like everybody. Like everybody is like, oh, it taught children the magic of books. Uh. And then like uh, churches thought that it, it was teaching kids witchcraft and the devil. Um, so that helped its case. Um, <laughs> have you? Did you ever? Um, like are you a are you a theme park person? Like did you ever end a did you ever go to like the Harry Potter World at Universal Studios?
1: I never did. Um I haven't been to a theme park in maybe 10 years. I'm afraid to try again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, no. So we're the same type of Jewish in that way. Like I <laughs> I they uh so I've been to Harry Potter World twice and it's magical, literally. Um but like I it's, it's, I'm not a ride person at all. Like there was a very, like a ride for children essentially. And I got on, I was like about to walk on. Then my hands started shaking so much. And I was like, I'm just going to hold your bags guys and just wait over there. And the cast member looked at me like, are you serious? But I got to drink butter beer and it was so good. Um, I nearly bought a wand, but I realized that was not a good use of money. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, holy shit. Like, Harry Potter world is insane. I I also was in London and got to tour, like, the sets. So I walked on actual Diagon Alley. Cool. It was magical. Fun fact about Hagrid. Um, Like, I forget the percentage, but a lot of times when you see Hagrid throughout the the series, like, 30% of the time, it's, like, a robotic head. Because, like... They can't, they're not they can't do like the like the force perspective thing well or something. So they just like have a really accurate robotic face of Hagrid that they just like plop in the middle of the scene.
1: That's super freaky.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you Google the photo, it's not fun to look at. It's it's bad.
1: <laughs> like traumatizing.
0: Oh, super traumatizing. Almost as traumatizing as every single thing that happens to Harry Potter. He he nearly dies so many times.
1: You know, that's what I was just thinking, like, I feel like because I was the same age as him, I feel like I was stressed that this person was like chasing him and stalking him and like, you know, sending him creepy messages and just trying to murder him constantly. Like, I don't know. Why are we showing little kids that? I mean, I get it. Whatever. Yeah. Some little kids are strong enough to handle it. But like... I don't know. Between that and the Holocaust, you know, all of the learnings that I did as a kid, it just felt like overwhelming and I just I didn't like I was I was I had anxiety as a child, you know. Hitler, I didn't,
0: Hitler is the original he who must not be named.
1: <laughs> facts.
0: <laughs> Wait, so so having not really read the books. Like I mean, if you just watched Harry Potter one in decade, a decade or so. Like did you like get what was happening throughout it? Like cuz I feel like this series, especially early on. If you're not familiar with the books, like they're throwing so much at you.
1: Yeah, it does. You know what I, I was thinking about, it. I watched it a couple of times actually in the past few weeks. That's how much I I even bought it. Like I'm just like really hyped now. You're gonna see me with a wand in a few weeks. Like I'll be doing magic. So you're for gonna my get own. a tattoo
0: on your forehead.
1: <laughs> Seriously, that's like that's the new I'm gonna get whatever it is that that took the whole crux tattoo, whatever people get, I don't know what it is. I'll get it. <laughs> oh get
0: the it. Deathly Hallows, of course.
1: Of course, obviously. We yeah, all I'll, know this. Yeah, right. Thank you also for prefacing this earlier that we are gonna be butchering Harry Potter today because um yeah, I'm like I'm not a fan. I feel like people who are true Harry Potter fans might listen to this and like send me death threats, but like please don't, please don't. You know? Well no, you're
0: a woman in comedy, so you're getting death threats for other reasons.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, She's but like been-
0: yeah but, but but but, like watching this for the for the first time, like even though I knew what was happening, like watching some of it and them like setting up who Voldemort was and all these things, like by the end, everything kind of worked together, but like I get this weird uh like fatigue from watching movies where like there's, like, different w- terms for everything. Like, a like we don't call them pens in the un- universe. They're, like, bebops or whatever. And, like, right. <laughs> it's exhausting.
1: Right. No, that makes sense. And they did, they threw a lot of magic at us, like, really quickly, too. Like, within the first 10 minutes, I feel like there was, like, boom, magic, magic, magic. There was giants. There was wizardry. There were talking snakes. Like, that was within the first 10 minutes of the movie. All of that. And that's, like, to me, like, a lot of different... Those are like, yeah, they're all different types of like wizardry and and stuff like that, but they're different. I mean, I feel like there was a lot thrown at us within the sci-fi fantasy umbrella, you know, all at once, right? Talking animals, giants, magic. Like it was like, I was like, whoa, slow down.
0: And it doesn't phase Harry at all. Like I kept looking at him when Hagrid picked him up from his uncle and aunt's island home in the middle of the ocean. And like that happened and he's just like, oh, cool. Okay. Moving on. Like he's left alone to get a magic wand. And he's just like, chill. And the guy that runs the shop is like, I remember your parents. And he's like, cool. I don't. I was a baby. Uh, (laughs) And like, like he just has been dealing with this constant trauma for 10 years. And like, even at the end of the movie, he's like, well, back to my aunt and uncle's house.
1: I mean, how terrible is that? Like, I was thinking about this. So you know, when he goes to get that wand, they take him into the bank, right? And he gets, he, he sees his fortune is like all this gold. He's like rich. In, and I'm wondering a couple of things. I'm wondering like, A, is it only money that's good in the, wizardy, in the wizarding world? Or is oh. it not the same with regular money? Is that why like it was there as opposed to allowing him to not be like living under a set of stairs with terrible people who treated him horribly? Like... I was thinking about that. I'm like, but then also, was it like to teach him a lesson? You know, was it like, oh, you must suffer so that you can appreciate what a star you're yeah. being?
0: I guess it's kind of like a thing about being humble because, like, wasn't Hagrid's, or they, like, Hagrid and Dumbledore, they were all talking, and McGonagall were like, oh, he can never, he can't know about this yet. And then once he goes to the Whizzing World, everybody's like, Harry Potter. Uh, and, Right. That a time. And also, I forget which movie, but isn't one of the movies slash books, uh, like, doesn't he kind of get cocky? Like, I feel like either the mm-hmm. third or the fourth one, he's kind of like, I'm Harry Bloody Potter. Like, it's all good, baby.
1: Yeah, I totally felt that way by the end of those movies. It was like, um, I've got this, everyone, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's like
0: <laughs> in the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man when he's like all cocky and he's like dancing and uh, shooting finger guns at women.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that. I feel like I have to rewatch that one. Oh, you don't. Oh, it's the it's worst bad. Spider-Man. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's bad but like, eh, why not? Um,
1: <laughs> you know, speaking of like them being cocky, like Hermione comes in right after they they get him all of his stuff, he gets on the train, and that's when they bring in Hermione and, you know, of course, she's got this amazing, brilliant, little like I know everything attitude. That's her that's her jam and like power to it. But like three things, right? No, I think it's just one thing, actually. That was a lie. I think it's just one thing. Well, I'm okay, excited. one thing. i was so, so excited. I don't have a lot of to say. I don't know Harry Potter like that. It's just one thing. Um, why does she know all of this magic when she meets them on the train, right? Like, she was born to muggles, so she was never been in the wizarding world. And then all of a sudden, she's on the train with them, and she's like, I know all these things. Boop, boop. I fixed your glasses. Oh, don't you know the swish and flick? Like, how'd this bitch learn this when she so, didn't, was she on like chat rooms in 2001 she's like on which chat rooms like okay how do you do this spell she's like meeting up with like creepy wizards and alleys. like how did she learn this
0: so my thought is and maybe that they, they go into detail on this in a in another movie or book when they talk about her backstory but I feel like it's kind of like when um parents adopt a child from another culture and they're like we wanna like teach you all that. So maybe Hermione's parents are like, oh, you're we found out from this guy Hagrid that you're a witch. Like, let's get you some witch books. And like maybe she has more of a community back home. Cause I know in in Harry Potter and The Deathly Hallows, she has to wipe her parents' memory of her in case she dies.
1: Oh my gosh, did I miss that? I have to rewatch the last movie. I remember <laughs> I
0: remember that in the movie that she like has they have their backs to her, and she, like, waves her wand, and, like, she disappears from all of their photos.
1: That's right. I do remember that. I do remember that. There was a lot of Harry Potter I watched. It was a lot to take in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, In your head, it's, like, one big movie. One yeah, long movie. For sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess there's that. And then, like, it, it is interesting seeing the three of them because they come from three different upbringings. Like, Ron's family is just, like, yep, we're a wizard family. Everybody knows us as, like, the fuck-up family. <laughs> Um, weirdly enough, I found out that um, f- for his audition, Rupert Grint uh sent a video of him rapping about why he wanted to be Ron, and I haven't been able to find it yet. But if that's on a, if you have the DVDs now, so if that's a DVD special feature, I need that to exist in the world.
1: Wow, I will look for it. I don't know. I don't know what a DVD is. I feel like you sounded like a hundred years old when you said that, but. <laughs> I have... I I bought it, like, digitally, you know? Like It's on the internet. I own it on the internet.
0: See, this is my problem with digital purchases. They, like, sometimes they have special features. But, like, I I bought a DVD player, like, four years ago. That's recent for a DVD player. But I'm like, cool, now I can watch all the special features and, like, see bloopers and shit.
1: It's important, especially if you're doing stuff like this and other things that you yeah, want to know. Obsessive all the- compulsion. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, I'm like an IMDb hoe. I love, that's like my yes. favorite. I am, anytime I'm watching them, I'm like, who is that person? What else were they in? And I'm just like, boop, boop, boop. And like, I I want to know all the weird stuff that people have done.
0: A hundred percent. Like I, I've said it several times on the podcast before, but I am a huge like Wikipedia reader. Like, but only for TV shows and movies and stuff. Cause it's like, you can just read. I would read plot synopses, like random, like one season shows from like 2004. I would like read the full article to be like, oh, what was the production like for this and stuff like that. Uh, and fun fact: the writer strike of 2008 messed up everything. Interesting, including season seven of Scrubs. Am I right, people? Right. Oh, uh, that was fine. It was just like <laughs> <become> remarkable. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? But um, oh, another thing that I wanted to bring up is, um, so the director for the first two movies was
1: Chris Columbus, and um, like he, the guy who discovered America. I saw that and I was so confused. Yeah, okay. and, who discovered? Quote. Let's rephrase that. I'm sorry. Before anyone cancels me, I'm sorry. We know Christopher Columbus was a terrible person, and he also did not discover America. So that person.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Chris Columbus discovered. <laughs> Harry Potter and Macaulay <laughs> Culkin. Um, yeah, so so uh Chris Columbus is the most famous for directing uh Adventures in Babysitting, the first two Home Alone movies, Mrs. Doubtfire, and like a lot of just random stuff like that. Like he's very wow. much like friends with Steven Spielberg, and in the Steven Spielberg, like family is strong uh mentality. And it's like I, I couldn't help but notice it throughout this this movie in particular because like it ends with a big like happy banquet where Gryffindor wins extra points, and uh, like the the next movies I guess partially because the kids get older and they become a little bit grittier. But like this this movie is so saccharin sc- sweet at times, and it's just like hard to watch at some points. Like it's because you can tell oh this is the guy that did. Uh, Home Alone because just the little kids are just like in charge and smarter than you think. And
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you're totally right on that. And watching it versus like the later movies, it was so different. You know, there wasn't as much like there was magic, but it was all like cute magic, you know, like oh, we fixed your glasses magic. And also like stupid
0: little jokes like I'm sure... In, fir- in, in Sorcerer's Stone, when they have that throwaway line where the kids are looking at a, a flying broom in the window and they're like, wow, the latest, Nimbus 2000. I'm sure that got a huge laugh from everybody because they're like, these kids are excited about brooms. And like, ugh. And then in the, I just remembered in Chamber of Secrets, there's a whole subplot involving the Nimbus 2001.
1: Yeah, I think you're right on that. Yeah. Um... Is it is that the one where wait he breaks his wand in the first one and that is that the one he gets at the very end of the first movie that no, they no, no. the the nimbus, the
0: nimbus is the broom, not a not a wand.
1: Oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> now Again, I'm angry please, at you. <laughs> please don't send me death threats. Oh <laughs> please don't tell Lord Voldemort where I live. Like I I will put vegan lamb's blood on my door. Like I don't know if I'm mixing cultures, like just so don't beet, beet juice yeah yes <laughs> um okay sorry is that the my bad I apologize you're good I've been in quarantine for 60 days my head isn't right <laughs> um is that the broom that McGonagall gives him at the end of the first one as a gift because his snaps and his fight no. uh
0: that might have been the second one then okay because the first one the the interaction with McGonagall and him with Quidditch is like when he's flying his broom really well in class. And she's like, what's going on over there? And then she's like, put him on the team, Victor.
1: (laughs) Wait, can you do that again? That was great.
0: (laughs) I am taking 150 points from Gryffindor. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) Um... Wait, I thought, but I feel like my brain is like. There's like an owl. It drops it off. It's like a package, and it's like a surprise. It doesn't say from. Oh. But then, like, he looks over at her, and she looks over at him, and like, we're supposed to survive. Oh, you know what? That might have happened because there. What
0: I I made two cups of tea during this movie because it was so long, and I also was looking for my phone at one point because I lost it in the couch. So maybe that's when that <laughs> happened. But in, I mean, in, in <laughs> but in Chamber of Secrets, it's like Draco gets the Slytherin Quidditch team, Nimbus 2001s, and then Harry is like, we got cruddy old Nimbus 2000s, which is also confusing because these movies and the books take place in like the late 80s, early 90s. So like them name-checking 2000 and 2001 this far ahead doesn't really make sense. Maybe it does. I don't remember. I was barely alive in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I think... I think you're right. It is kind of like a weird, like that is, it's definitely like a weird, like, oh, I got the new version of this cell phone or I got the new car. Like it is kind of a weird Apple-y world that they would put that in.
0: Mm -hmm. What, do you have any opinions? Because you recently watched all of them. um, Do you have an opinion between the two different actors that portrayed Dumbledore?
1: You know, it's so funny. I remember thinking back in the day, like, I remember having this feeling like I would never watch those movies because they switched actors. Even though he died, right? Like, did yes.
0: he die? Yes. So uh, Richard Harris died like right after the second one was released, I think.
1: Yeah, and I remember, at, like, as a teenager, I remember thinking, like, well, I'm so hardcore of a fan that I couldn't even try. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was like, <laughs> I fake everything, and I'm just like, who am I? Um, but then watching it, I kept being like, okay, I'm going to notice when there's the switch. I did not notice wow. the switch. I don't know. I did, I was like, I'm going to play a game. I'm not going to look it up. I want to just like guess which movie they switch them in. And I got to the eighth movie and I was like, oh shit, I don't know when they switch that <laughs> actor.
0: Yeah, so I think like watching, because I, I watched like a quick clip or two. And so so Richard Harris was the with Dumbledore for the first two movies and then replaced by... Michael Gamden I believe and so like it seems that Gamden was just like a little bit more like adult and like sillier because like Richard Harris as Dumbledore is very much like the like a fatherly or grandfatherly figure like his whole speech about giving extra points to Gryffindor at the end like that is so sappy and Chris Columbus like that's the thing I, I can't tell if it's because of the actor that played Dumbledore or Chris Columbus directing in his and giving notes in his particular style but like as the movies get grittier and go on like Dumbledore kind of becomes like a badass and less of like this perfect figure and kind of like the whole thing how like him and Snape kind of are given new lights as the series goes on
1: yeah no I think that's I think it is really interesting they always talk about him being this powerful wizard but you don't really see him doing any magic until way later in the series if I'm not mistaken please again don't kill me no Um, that's true
0: like the most badass thing he does in this movie is he tells everybody to be quiet when a troll gets in
1: facts yeah like he really I you know and so it's kind of like okay cool like he is a great wizard and yet he wasn't able to do anything that Harry Potter did so like what's really happening in this wizarding world um yeah, it definitely it's interesting and Snape as well. You know, I feel like I, w- I got to like the fifth or sixth movie and I was just like, I don't know if this guy's good or bad. And like, I remember watching as a kid and feeling so anxiety ridden that like this guy was good and then he was bad and then he was good and then he was bad and I was so overwhelmed as a child. Was like, who can we trust? Well, you know? it's actually
0: really interesting. So J.K. Rowling, um, first of all, basically picked Alan Rickman to be Snape. He was like, she was like, that's the guy. And she gave him like all of Snape's backstory for this movie. So like things that hadn't been revealed that wouldn't be revealed until Deathly Hallows, like she told him so he would be able to like play it and like be subversive and like sneak little things in. And it's just like, yeah, Alan Rickman kicks ass. I like Snape a lot. Like he just seems like an angry adult. Like he, they, the movie keeps being like, I can't believe Snape would do that. And I'm, I'm like, he doesn't like you're late to class and you don't know things, Harry. That's why Snape doesn't like you. And also <laughs> because he, he's in love with your mom and uh, didn't like how Dumbledore decided to like make you save the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of that was an overwhelming like surprise at the end there for me, at least. Um.
0: <laughs> it, was a, it was a surprise for everybody.
1: Yeah. I felt really like shocked and I, um, have been planning on re-watching it because that's sort of my thing. If I like something, I like re-watch it because I don't like remember anything from the first time mm-hmm. I watched something. Um, but yeah, that was definitely shocking. And I do, I feel like his, the whole time you're sort of like guessing. Every movie, he goes back and forth. You're like, oh, he did something nice. He did something bad. He did something. Nice. And he was so like, like sinister, but also like smooth about it. You know, like you're right. He was just kind of sassy.
0: He's like, where do you think you're going?
1: Right? (laughs) Like that weird moment
0: where, like, they go out of the Great Hall to warn McGonagall that somebody's going to steal the Sorcerer's Stone. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, no, he hates us. And he's like, he literally is just making conversation because he saw three 10-year-olds scurry around.
1: (laughs) That is so true. Like, they just, like, painted him as this bad guy because he practiced dark arts, right? And, like, yeah. yeah, they Well, defense against him. That's true. Def- def- that's true. But I well, guess no, wait,
0: defense- no. The um, qu- uh, Professor Quirrell, 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 Will. Quill. I think he was the because that's the that's like right. the running gag is like the defense against the dark arts teachers are usually like evil or like shitty in some way.
1: Right. Because like that's there's,
0: true. There's like the Pink Lady. There's um, uh, I don't know. That, that's it. That oh
1: right okay okay there's okay no, no I I you know I'm just talking out my ass about Harry Potter. Here. Were you going to you know, mention Mad Eye Moody?
0: <laughs> yeah. I like right. him. He's cool. I like the lady that reads tea leaves. I like her. Um, yeah.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. And also, like the I like the, the Quidditch coach. I like that she's, like, a very confident lesbian. Apparently that's, like, almost canon in the book. Like, there's, like, a lot of insinuation that she's a lesbian. And say what you will about uh, J.K. Rowling just kind of, like, plugging in random gay stuff when it's convenient for her after the fact. But, like, she she gives off cool vibes the the one teacher yeah um the the last thing i really want to bring up though is like um it's wild to me how like okay all three of the kids turned out like in real life by the end of this like mm. like they all kind of took their own breaks like uh, emma watson went to college rupert grint like just did a lot of charitable work Uh, but like I'm so happy that all three of them are just like they're just chilling and like making stuff that they want like Daniel Radcliffe just does whatever the fuck he wants in terms of movies like he like he just does the weirdest crap and he's like I'm gonna do it forever and we're like please do
1: that's so true um that's so true I feel like there was so much that my brain went through my brain was thinking like one is it I wonder if it's something different about... Wait, am I, okay, they, they actually filmed these over in London, right? These weren't filmed... Were they filmed here in America? No,
0: they were They were filmed... Yeah, they were filmed in London.
1: I wonder if it's just like a difference between like a Hollywood treatment, you know, if they had to like move there and live there versus whatever it's like over in London, in Britain. I mean, I can't say... I don't. I don't know. I know that, you know, the way they do television is super different, but I just wonder if it's kind of a different treatment. I mean, I know that their contracts are different... Again, talking out my ass here. I don't know anything about actors. Well, I have, I have two
0: possible IMDb facts that could help shed light on this. So first of out? all, first off, um, so when they were doing casting, Chris Columbus, um, only auditioned child actors that didn't have stage parents. So like, like the parents that were just like, "Oh, my kid wants to do this. I'm going to drive them to the audition and support them." Versus like the, like because I think he uh, maybe I think Macaulay Culkin might have had like very overbearing parents in that way. So I think like he was just like. No way, not dealing with that anymore. Like he's apparently, he had some bad experience during the production of Home Alone too. So he's like no stage parents at all. Yeah, and for casting Harry Potter specifically, he they saw five thousand boys for Harry Potter, and so Chris Columbus saw Daniel Radcliffe in an adaptation of Charles Dickens's David Copperfield, and he was like, boom, Daniel Radcliffe, he's good. And his parents uh, wanted him to focus on his schoolwork. They didn't really want him to, like, do a lot more acting. Um, And they were also like, he's going to get too much attention. And so they couldn't find anybody to play Harry Potter. And so he uh, didn't. uh, Chris Columbus just went to the movies to see a movie. And in, uh, in the front row was Daniel Radcliffe with his dad. So, like, they just, like, talked about it. And then he persuaded uh the dad to let him cast Daniel.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah, and like like I love how like Daniel Radcliffe probably thinks that was a random meeting. Chris Columbus totally planned that shit, you know? He was like, okay, we've got the GPS trackers on Daniel Radcliffe and his father. Let's go to the movie. We'll pretend it's a random meeting and we'll get them on board, right?
0: Whoa, you're also seeing whatever bullshit came out in 2000, crazy.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Same theater in London, wild. I was just staying here for a few days. (laughs) Wow.
0: But, and, uh, and my boyfriend was saying that like, as the movies went on, like in the, while in the middle of like the filming the series that like Danny Radcliffe struggled with like alcoholism a little bit, but like overall, like he could have really gone off the deep end and nobody would have blamed him at all. But like, he is such like a charming guy. He's like intelligent and like, he puts, he puts effort into all the stuff that he does. And he just is a re he seems like a good guy. A mensch. He does
1: seem like a mensch. Yeah. He's a Gentile mensch. Yeah, facts. Yeah, what is that? What's the word for that? Actually,
0: wait, is he Jew? I don't think he's
1: Jewish. No. Uh
0: Okay, this is I'm this is why I have up. Wikipedia up. I gotta I gotta wait, find you, out.
1: All right, you wiki back. Can I ran up, rattle off a fact about Daniel Radcliffe? So, of course. you're saying <gasps> he did all-
0: Okay, his no. mother is Jewish.
1: I I could tell he was a Mensch.
0: Yeah, and he, so he has maternal ancestors uh that were immigrants from Lithuania, Germany, Poland, and Russia. So very yeah. very Jewish.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. I could tell he was our people yeah um <laughs> no you're you were saying like he that they, they all do these kind of like interesting projects um and I think you're like you're right I remember Deanna Rodcliffe did this movie maybe like I don't know 10 years ago or eight years ago where he oh my god who did he play he played a beatnik writer oh my god why am I blanking I'm gonna should I am should I MTB this I don't know um, Okay, he played a beatnik writer from, like, the 20s. Oh, were you um, talking
0: about The Woman in Black? I
1: don't
0: that weird horror movie that he was in?
1: No, it's not a horror movie. It was, uh, like, a true based off a true story. Oh. About Jack Kerouac.
0: Oh. Bam.
1: I'm pretty sure. Uh, it, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to find the name of it. No, no, no. You, you I,
0: talk. I'll, I'll find it. It's called right. Kill Your Darlings.
1: Toe Your Darlings? Kill. Kill Your Darlings? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Um, yeah, and so he's playing Jack Kerouac, right? Um, mm. And I went to go see this movie with my parents when I was like um, a late teenager, maybe like in college, 1920. And um, in the movie, like there's like a gay sex scene that Daniel Radcliffe has. Like we get out of the movie. I'm like, oh, this is so awkward to watch with my parents. Whatever, not that awkward. We get out and my dad goes, you know, I didn't know that you could have that kind of sex like that. And I was like, what do you mean? He, he was like, you know, in that position where, where Daniel Radcliffe was like on his back and his partner was on top of him. And I was like, oh, and my dad and I started having this like in-depth conversation about like, how would you have anal sex?
0: Aw.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess my parents and I both haven't done this then. You know, not none of us know how to do this. But well, yeah.
0: Well, that, I just remembered that because I think um, it was very scandalous um, when he when Harry Potter was like, uh, getting close to, like, the the filming was, like, getting close to, I think they were, like, filming Half-Blood Prince, and it was really controversial when Daniel Radcliffe was in a production of Equus, which is a, a play about um, a young man who uh, has a religious fascination with horses, and it was, like, this whole thing where, like, oh, my God, Harry Potter's a, uh, in a play where he's naked, and it's, like, this whole, it was this whole thing, but it's, like, if that's the worst that he's <laughs> done then like that's fine like right. he's he's done so i'm just like looking through some of the movies that he's done and like i mean some of them are you know shit but like it's it's all they're all pretty good like there is that movie yeah. swiss army man that everybody said was really fun where he's like a dead body that farts um He was, uh, he was like an undercover Nazi or like he went undercover within Nazis in that movie Imperium. Like he's, he's just like, he loves to do shit. I like
1: that. I like that. He's really varied.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also one last thing that I need to bring up. Um, and I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast before, but when I was in summer camp, we did a thing called the four houses of poop, which is, uh, there are four different types of poop. Uh to uh, (laughs) coincide (laughs) with the four houses of Hogwarts. So uh, uh, a Gryffindor poop is like a great poop. Like it's uh, it's just tried and true. Great job, perfect. Um, Slytherin is like diarrhea, just kind of like slithers out more like. Um, Ravenclaw is like a painful one. Like it feels like a Ravenclaw coming out of your poo hole. And then uh, Hufflepuff is constipation when you really have to like lean and like work at it for a while. And we had we had a chart outside of like the one like bathroom cabin type thing. And so people would like tally it and uh, we would see which house was the most popular uh, by the end of the week.
1: <laughs> and if it was a Jewish camp, I'm guessing Slytherin?
0: Yeah, it was all Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, actually, I just remembered, I, my second year at summer camp um, was when the last, but when Deathly Hallows came out and it was this whole... Uh, unspoken thing of culture at camp where like, like everybody's parents were sending them the book, but like no one discussed it really. Like you had to be very careful. And it was this whole thing. And the only thing that I read from the book was like that weird epilogue that nobody liked where it was just like, I'm Harry Potter and I'm an adult now. And that was it. But yeah, I I just remember that. Like I, I, I even went to one of like the midnight book book releases same like not i i don't know correct me if i'm wrong like if some if there is a series that is kind of at that level right now i i'm so curious but like i don't think since harry potter there's been a book series that like generates this much hype and like has all this culture and ritual around it
1: i have to agree i mean i really can't think of anything else since then that has the same level of draw um where you're right there's this there's this culture kind of like a cult-like situation where people all say the same thing you know read the books where I totally remember that too where people were like do not spoil it like I will never speak to you again if you spoil it it wasn't it was a no joke like and people were like it's not funny like I remember on if we had Facebook back then yeah I guess we had Facebook I've had it for 15 years so I remember people posting on Facebook back then like do not spoil this for me do not post about it it's not funny like I will unfriend you (laughs) Was that like the beginning of no spoilers? You
0: know, I guess. I mean, this was. I get. You know, I guess if there was a series, I guess Game of Thrones is maybe on that level because they're because I think George R. R. Martin is still writing the last book, and like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hype when that book comes out. But it's not going to be like people waiting in line at Barnes and Noble at midnight for like the boxes to be opened. Like, I I just don't see that specific cultural aspect of it. Happening anytime soon.
1: I totally agree. I think people are hype on Game of Thrones, but I don't think that it has the same level of draw. And I don't know if it's because it's like an adult show versus something that kids, you know, kids kind of grew up with. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of people our age, like really grew up watching the series or reading the books like as they aged. Um, whereas this sort of like happened when people our age were adults already, and there's like it's just like a it's a different kind of theme, like. People can look back at Harry Potter, who watched it 20 years ago or read it 25 years ago or whatever, with like a lot of um, like good memories of what they were doing at that time, their childhood, where what that book made them feel when they were a kid. Totally. Whereas I think Game of Thrones is much darker. You know, it doesn't. I again, I don't watch it, but I presume it's a lot darker and doesn't have that same level of like nostalgia or you know, childlike.
0: Yeah, what? and and also I think the culture of Harry Potter, how like this was a book that parents and kids read together. And like, it was a thing that uh, like, like we talk a lot about on the show, uh, like how it appeals to how a movie appeals to kids. And like, if it has a similar appeal to parents kind of like Pixar versus like, I don't know, like uh, Teletubbies or something where it's like, parents can just be like, okay, it's just on, but versus like parents being equally invested in like having this like touch point with their child and I'm sure there are plenty of series like that like the babysitters club or like the magic tree house or there are so many different book series where like if your kid loves it that you can get on that level like one of my good friends uh him and his mom both like did pokemon stuff together because that was like she liked that it was educational in a way teaching about like science and evolution and he was like pokemon uh But yeah, uh, uh, Sam, do you have any final thoughts on uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? I know we've been kind of jumping around a lot.
1: <laughs> um, final thoughts, yeah. Definitely scary as a kid. Really good to watch as an adult. Um, loved the magic. Loved the shadiness of the professors, like McGonagall, Snape, and... Um, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking. I've been talking so long and I can't remember the main wizard's Dumbledore. name. Dumbledore don't hate me cut that out
0: cut that out nah that's staying in <laughs> I want you to I want you to get doxxed <laughs> I
1: know like like my favorite comedians will never speak to me again right um <laughs> I'm just kidding uh so yeah like and Dumbledore like they're so shady you know like they throw all of this like kind of like shade around that like nobody talks about but I'm absolutely obsessed with um yeah and just treat those elves better treat those goblins better treat those rats and owls like treat them all better they deserve fair treatment
0: yeah and you know we didn't really talk about Hagrid enough in this episode but like I mean we all know that Hagrid is great um Robbie Coltrane who plays Hagrid he was the first person cast uh for this movie and like uh I forgot that he used to do this running bit in like the early movies and books where he'd be like I should not have said that Cause that's fun. Um, but uh, now's the part of the show where we rate it. So uh, Sam, we rate everything on a scale from zero to five. You can be as like specific with like decimal points and places like that. Um, so I'll start, I'll start with you. What What do you think you would rate uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone?
1: Mm, I think I would rate it like a 4.2. It's like, it's like a B, B plus, B, B plus, you know, It's a really good movie, super quality. Like we said, the CGI, looking back on it, it's kind of aged where back then it was really good, but looking back on it today, it's not as amazing. So it's a little bit painful to watch that CGI tech. But yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.2. Acting good, directing good. I mean, directing, okay. We won't really give him props for that, but yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm going to rate it. I'm rating it a little bit lower. So don't get mad at me, people. So uh, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for uh, since we started, we used to have a very convoluted system of writing. Like we rated things uh, by audience respect, plot, acting, and humor. And so I was having a really hard time figuring out my number for this. So I actually went back into that system that we haven't used since episode 38 uh, to try to get a number that was accurate to how I felt. So... um. In summarizing those things, I thought, yeah, this movie uh, is a little bit uh, like talks down in a little weird way at points. I think partially because the characters are 10 years old. So there is like this childlike aspect to it, but also just explaining things and all that. Um, I thought the plot was very good. I like that most things, even though I got confused at parts, it all really came together in the end. Um, the kids. Uh, they get much better at acting as the movies go on, uh, but the uh, adults all kill it. And also the, the humor is good. Like it, it has that dry uh, and delightful British humor, but crunching all of these different numbers together, um I came out rating Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone a 3.6375, which seems a little bit low. But as I think back on that number, I think that the movie's, only really get better. Like say what you will about what they omit from the books and things like that. But this movie, to introduce people, it is it feels a little simple um, and that's okay. But uh, crunching the numbers with your score, uh, Sam, we are giving, God, this a long number. We are giving Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone a score of 3.91875, which puts it right above the uh, Matilda movie from the 90s and right below the Netflix, uh, Rocco's Modern Life spe- special. But I w- I w- now that I'm looking at those, I would put Matilda and this movie together. Like they are very good, but they're simple and like they kind of have that childlike aspect to them.
1: Totally.
0: Wow, I'm happy with that. Um, but Sam, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Um, do you want to just tell everybody real quick about um, uh, our show that's happening next Friday?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and thank you again so much for having me. This was really fun. Um, our show next Friday on Saturday, May thirtieth, is called Nomo Sexual Fomo. It is a sex education comedy show. Um, we are taking it virtual. It's our second edition. There is going to be um, comedy, sex education, live trivia, live DJ. There's prizes. Um, more fun things happening throughout the evening that we don't even know what's going to happen yet. In addition to that, we have lovely packages for people in Philadelphia. And also we can ship certain packages around the country that you can do as an add-on. So we have sexuality packages. You could add products from Sex um, and get those delivered the day of the show. You could also get a sex coaching class from one of our sex educators, um, and the last thing is my favorite thing. You could get um, local food um, for pickup from Soy Cafe. It's vegan. There's a lot of gluten-free items. Vegan mac and cheese trays, like, oh my gosh, while you're watching comedy, it's all of that and more. So um, you can find the um, Facebook page is facebook.com slash comedy it looks like no mo homo. It is not. It is no mo homo. Because comedy.
0: you put me on the show. So it's plenty mo homo. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I'll put, I'll put a link to it uh, in the description of this episode as awesome. well. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the show. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not a comfortable sexual person at any, uh, at any way, shape or form, but uh, we'll maybe explore why that is uh, live uh, during the show. <laughs> Uh, uh, and as always, uh, you can find us, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, cause it helps us out. And, uh, that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight go, go gadget and show.